all of everything that we do defies everything that you've ever been taught in this lifetime. We are here to prove it all wrong and to actually take a human that's sitting in front of us and to say, you have been operating like this, but here is your calling. We've got to adjust the sale that transforms into the most highly strategic path you could ever want for yourself. This is a Soulfire production. You're listening to episode 191. Y'all, I'm so excited to tell you that Holla, H-O-L-L-A, is our official and brand new AdvoCare code. So this means that any and every time you shop, all you do is enter Holla at checkout to get discounts and support this podcast. When you do, yo, AdvoCare has been a podcast sponsor for three years, and that is on purpose, y'all. It's no BS. I love them. I love their products. It is a win-win, yo. And I did a whole podcast episode, by the way, on how I scored this epic partnership with Advocare so you can snatch some ideas up for yourself and your business. So go check out Advocare, put some goodness in your cart, use Holla for discounts when you do and support this podcast and the team it takes for you to make it each week. And by the way, before I go, if you want to get some free Advocare, legit free Advocare sent to your house, all you got to do try before you buy. Leave a podcast review on iTunes, five stars. Take a screenshot of that review. Email it to me. Hello at judyholler.com. And babe, we're sending you a free product. Holla. Guys, I'm going to keep this episode intro short and sweet. Number one, I'm so glad you're here. I hope you loved last week's episode because really it was setting up where we're going today. And today's episode was so good that we stopped it about 45, 50 minutes in. And I said, let's make this a two-parter because we were about to go into another conversation that I'm like, ooh, dope. This is its own episode. Uh, So guys, this is my first ever (laughs) two-part series with a guest ever in the three-year history of this podcast. And, you know, I'm in the middle of a massive transformation, a personal, professional transformation. And I think so many times we see people and they're like, oh, one day I was just like selling hotel rooms. And then one thing led to another. And I was on the main stage speaking in arenas at conferences. And you sit there and listen to this shit and you go, what was the one thing that led to the other? Like, I want to know. And like, I've had some massive transformations. Like I went from, you know, the restaurant business and bartending to bartending to the hospitality industry, into promotions in that industry, to improv, to professional speaking. And now even elevated my professional speaking career, authorship, podcasting, and now, you know, lyrical artistry and spoken word performance and evolving my work as an artist on stage. And every transformation has had a pretty serious process behind it. You know, a lot of pain and a lot of power, a lot of tragedy and a lot of triumph. And I think so many times we hear these like, well, one thing led to another, like, and then you're like, but what, bitch, what the fuck happened? Like, give me the scoop. So I'm going to start There's going to be so many changes coming, but you know, I'm going to start really dedicating time and space on this podcast to like talk to you about where I'm at and what I'm doing so that as you transform for yourself, because guess what? You will. (laughs) It is the game. If you are awake and you are alive and you have a heartbeat, you're going to transform. So how do we make sure that transformation is strategic and not scattered so that you don't waste a bunch of time and money and team 
when you should have made different decisions or invested in different places or moved on from people sooner or not grew at a into a certain space and grew into another space. And I think so much of it, like no regrets, is a part of the process, right? And I honor everything I've done and everywhere I've been and all the things I've come through, but I've also wasted a lot of time, money, and energy feeling scattered as fuck. And that's where I've kind of been. Like I have gone from feeling scattered to now laser focused, super empowered in a category of one, like strategic as fuck and ready to go. So y'all, when I met my team, House of Nectar, they're a big part of the work I'm doing. I have multiple layers to my team because my business has multiple layers. But, you know, House of Nectar is my mothership. My They are my soul sisters. They are um, really responsible for so much of the magic that is 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 going to start happening in my brand and, and really truly has already happened from the new keynotes I'm putting on stage and beyond. So they really took me from scattered in tons of self-doubt, in deep overwhelm, with a lot of limiting beliefs and this fear of pleasing other people and other people's opinions to really caring about and valuing my opinion more, right? Than the opinions of others. It doesn't mean that I don't care what people think. I just, it doesn't keep me up at night anymore. Like I care more about how I feel about the work I do in this world, how I take care of people in this world, how I serve, how I create and how I really live my life. I care about that way more now than people pleasing or other people's opinions or people not liking it. Like I no longer allow someone else's opinion of me to affect or alter my opinion of myself. And yo, that's a really beautiful place to be. So I'm bringing on the show today, the team that helped me do that. And I'm not even going to introduce them because they're going to introduce themselves. We're going to sort of open the show. They'll tell you a little bit about who they are as women, as a team, as a company. And then we sort of get the fuck into like everything that's been going down with my business. And we're bringing you behind the scenes on all of it. Like what it looks like to transform. How do you create a brand that becomes a coveted sensation if that's what you want? Or how do you apply these principles to the existing business you have? Like how do you determine what should be the captain of your ship is what they refer to it as. And how do you hone your focus? There is so much gold in this episode. So I don't know, light a candle, catch a vibe, pour a glass of rosé. You do you, boo, but buckle up. This is part one of a two-part series with my team, Lisa Botcher and Sage Aubrey from House of Nectar. By the way, all things about all of them and all of those things are in the show notes because you're going to become obsessed and you're going to want to follow and learn more. So uh, part one of part two, baby, let's get into it. Here we go. Oh my gosh. The House of Nectar team is officially in the building, although I wish we were in the building together. I'm looking at you virtually, which we've got to change that. One of these days, we're going to do a live podcast recording together here in the vibey Scottsdale area. But y'all, I could not be more excited to share the voices and the energy and really truly the magic of these two women with you here today. So you've gotten a little bit of a download from me on what the vibe is and how they came into my life. And that story is so meaty and so juicy. Y'all, there's going to be a whole book coming up on this someday soon. And I will have to tell this story and how it went down in detail because there's so many divine and really uh, beautiful things that were in play for, for all this to happen. And a lot of that, as you know, was really um, a story about control for me and letting go and allowing, um, other people to come into my business and to really trust them to, to evolve it. 
and to turn it into the coveted sensation that I know I am and that I know I am becoming. And that is really what you do. So Sage and Lisa, and maybe Sage, I start with you on the House of Nectar Instagram page that I know is about to be popping off because we're Mm -hmm. launching and you're really building this new evolution of your brand and your artistry. It says we turn brands into coveted sensations. So what has drawn you to that? Like, why are you so obsessed with that? Word on the street is you've been building fashion brands since you were 16 years old, babe. So you've been in this game for a minute. Talk to me a little bit about why you're so obsessed with that and uh, why it's where you want to take your your career. Yeah. I mean, I think the trajectory has gotten me to a place where I've met enough brands and I've built enough brands to date to know that what's lacking in brands, but what the big brands and what they're doing really, really well. And what I've done really, really well in the brands that I've built to date were create cultures. And Mm. we create these master identities and people want to live in those. And I think the hardest thing for people to do and for brands to do themselves, whether it's for themselves or for their own brands, is to understand how to create a culture and a storyline and an identity that people want to live within. And it's not just buy your products and be transactional. It's actually, it's infusing into their lives and they start using the lingo that you use in your brand. They want to start living the life that this brand is exuding that they live. So it's really becomes this heartbeat and it's actually what like shifts culture and micro communities of people. And I say micro because it's not always about building this massive following because that's not what it takes. It actually just takes a really, really intrigued, small little culture and community of people to make massive shifts and changes in culture today, which is also what builds fandom and brands and what makes a brand really, really successful. Okay. I'm so here for it. One of the very first things you told me, do I have this right? What people get wrong, what brands get wrong, whether it's a fashion brand, a product-based brand, or a human brand, I being the product of that brand, like people, what did, like, I might get this wrong. They put product first instead of culture first. Do I understand that correctly? Maybe Lisa, you chime in on that because I know you're like the queen strategist, but I've heard you both say this. And I think that was like a big thing for me to understand where I was like, oh, it's Judy Holler. It's Judy Holler. It's my books. It's my keynotes and all. And yes, that's important, but it's almost like we're creating the culture around that first and then product follows. Do I have that right? Yeah, absolutely. When a brand needs to tell this beautiful, cohesive story, I look at it as a brand in this visual way of like, there's a center, there's a heartbeat, there's a soul to it. That's around this identity and story that you can really package in position. Now, everything else that lives around your brand goes in this like karmic circle around it. And if that doesn't have a flow, if it's not making sense, if it's disconnected from one another, you're actually losing trust from your audience. Mm. You're devaluing your credibility in a way. And so if you put product first, you're disrupting that karmic circle around your brand that you're really creating. You need to be brand forward at all times. You need to be making decisions to move your brand forward, not your product forward. And I think something that society tells us so much, especially right now, is like, make the fast decision. Do the fast thing. Sell the product Mm. fast. How much faster can you sell it? How much more can you get from it? 
when really these brands that are building at this level of becoming something so great, so impactful, so culture shifting, they're taking a step back and they're like, no, I'm playing the long game. I am looking at this from the decision making factor of what is really going to move my brand forward? What is going to make that shift in culture? What is going to get me there in the long run? It's not the quick win. It's making the investments in that brand, in that heart, in that soul, telling the karmic circle so that again, there's not disruption within that, but it's really this cohesive story that someone can put themselves into, immerse in your culture and say, oh, I get what they're doing. I want to be here. I want to be a part of it. And like, no matter what product comes from this, like I have to be a part of it. And it's trust. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, what really, really good brands do really well is they build trust Mm -hmm. and they're cohesive and they're consistent. And believe it or not, even if you think you're wild and you like change, we actually like predictable trusted things. That's why we go back to the brands that are always in front of our face, the ones that have gained our trust. And those to do that is highly strategic moves and chess moves. I always say it's like you're moving the next chess piece forward. You're moving the next chess piece forward. And it's not for a transactional quick fix. It's actually for the slow, long game. And it's not about your brand being hot for 15 minutes this year and next year. It's actually about what it's doing for the next five years, which the next turns into the next decade. And then that's how we create legacy. Yeah, shit, yo, we're playing the infinite game. Like Simon Sinek has a whole book on this, right? There's the finite players, the people who are in it to maybe build or sell. I mean, you guys have both, I mean, I'm assuming you've sold companies at this point, uh, Sage. You've had multiple companies since you were 16. I haven't. At least, I've uh, just been you haven't sold the company. I've a thousand okay. times, but I'm building the long games now. That's what I'm in yes. for. This is why you're the best teacher. You can't build the long game until you've lost your ass a few times. Damn right. This is why you're the best teacher. And I know Lisa has developed and bought and or (laughs) invested in a bad company and sold a company. But you know, there's this finite game we're playing where it's competitive and it's I'm in it to win it. It's that tech game. It's like let's build and sell, and then I'm gonna be on a yacht in five years and you know, fuck it. And then there's the infinite players, the players who are only in competition with themselves, the players who understand that this is something that is going to last the test of time. And I want it to, and I want her to evolve. I want to evolve. We're always evolving. My God, you guys are, we're about to get into it, y'all. So buckle up. I don't know if you need a glass of wine for this because the shit we've been through in the last six months, I mean, they have cracked my soul and my business and my brand wide open. And this is why I call House of Nectar, Sage and Lisa specifically, my secret weapon. And I'm sharing them with you today. So they're going to share the story of our journey. And there's going to be three big things we're going to really lean into today with you, like what it means to hone your focus how do you determine the captain of your ship? And then they're going to leave us with sort of the three house of nectar, like principles, brand anthems, things they swear by to really transform brands into coveted sensations. But let me back up the bus because I want people to know when Lisa's speaking, they know Lisa's voice. And when Sage is speaking, they know Sage's voice. So y'all, I'm going to go there. Can you please introduce yourself to the fam? Because I think you have really interesting stories. And even if you cliff note the magic, that has been what you've been doing over the last 10, 15 years. But Sage, let's start with you. Introduce yourself. And that way everybody knows when Sage is talking, who Sage is, and when Lisa's talking, who Lisa is. Yes, I'm Sage Aubrey. I am a cult-followed fashion entrepreneur. 
I've been building brands and businesses in the fashion space since I was 16 years old. Everywhere from the black market business to retail to omnichannel to eponymous handbag brands. My brands have been seen in WWD and Vogue, shelved in large luxury retailers and on the arms of celebrities and coveted women the world over. So I've been there, done it, built it, lost, struggled, and I've done everything with rolling my sleeves up and bootstrapping the heck out of everything I've ever built. And what's interesting about that was that it doesn't really come with the credentials of, you know, a slick corporate type, but there's something to say about someone who's willing to get in and get real dirty and learn the lessons the hard way. So I would say I've had hard won ones and losses and um, it kind of makes me, you know, a little mafia like (laughs) kind of more like a consiglier, but you know what? I'm here for it. And I'm, I'm the person that I'm like, I'll throw in my back and like, let's go to war together. And I feel like we need those champions on our teams to build. And I think it's really, right. really important that people come with a multifacets of opportunities and experiences in life and in business. Yeah. I'm so here for that. Um, and I get that, you know, as a bootstrapper myself, like everything I have, I have like, you know, blood, sweat and teared for maybe more tears, uh, some yeah. days than others. Yeah. Uh, but I'm so fucking here from that. And you guys, she's not kidding when she tells you that. I mean, these girls, uh, helped me build speaker school from the ground up. Like they were in that room every minute. I mean, we had that one 10 hour filming day. I can't even <laughs> like cried. I cried when we got done filming speaker school. They had a hand in all of it. I mean, they're wearing the paper booties. They're in the weeds, like with me Mm -hmm. on this. So when Sage says that to you, she's not kidding. This is who they are. So Sage, thank you for that. It's, It's beautiful. Lisa, what about you, babe? Yeah. Hi, I'm Lisa, Lisa Butcher, and my battle bestie and I over here have a lot in common. I have a background also in the fashion industry. I had a leather goods accessory line and I don't think you can be in that industry without having a lot of grit and determination and someone Mm -hmm. who's just going to like freaking go after it. It's really hard to go through that in a lot of different ways. But really what groomed me before that is just an entrepreneurial spirit. I've dabbled in every business. I've consulted for every type of business from tech to product to community-based and everything in between. You know, Some of my clients have been featured in Target from the work that we've done. Forbes, Vogue, like we are going after these really big shifts in this world. And at the heart of it, I've always been someone who's wanted to be a catalyst for change, to bring creativity to light. And truly my brain is like one of the most strategic ones you'll probably ever meet. And I've recognized through my journey that strategy is this underdog. It's the thing that people don't invest in, even though it's the thing that everyone should be investing in. And so I've built my career and my path off of, yes, being this battle warrior, (laughs) bootstrapper, getting to the next place, but also intentionally, thoughtfully, strategically determining what all the growth factors are. How can I even capitalize better on what my strengths are to get to where anything is really going next? And now being in a season where giving that away on a new level is actually giving me even more life. So working with other brands to help them 
raise the bar to set them on fire and make these massive transformations so that, yeah, we can just have this burning brigade of like these cult followed sensations that are part of thy house of nectar and under our mothership. But I have to live laughing really hard right now because I just flicked a bug off of the computer. You guys, this is our life. We go from like, let's talk strategy to laughing with tears streaming down our face to please don't let anyone know we're flicking bugs off the table. I was like, I got you. I got the bugs. Keep talking. I I got the bugs. I gave her a little side eye. I was like, you got me, girlfriend. I was like, don't worry. I got the bugs. I was like, I'm talking. Click the bug. Don't react. Don't react. Stay cool. The show must go on, ladies. The show. Be cool. Be cool. cool. (laughs) Hashtag be cool. We say that a lot. Well, I think this is interesting. There's a couple of things. Thank you, Lisa. I think something really massive that you left out of it is that you're running the business of motherhood. You, Sage, Mm -hmm. have three girls. Lisa, you have four kids. You have husbands. (laughs) You have lives. Seven children between the two of them, okay? So let's not gloss over that. Number two, I hope if you're listening, you know me, you know my story. Even if you're new here, uh, you're here for a reason and you understand what I do for a living. I'm a keynote speaker. I write books. I am a performer. I'm an artist. That's what I do. I put energy on, on stage and I shift frequencies in rooms. And notice that they both come from the fashion industry completely outside mm-hmm. of where I live. And y'all, I'm just going to say right now, for me, that is what attracted me to you too so very much. I think, well, let's be clear, at the very beginning of all of this, I was like, okay, I'm going to build a sequin jacket. I want sequin jackets. And not to say that I won't have a sequin jacket someday. You and we're building, a pro- <laughs> we're building a prototype for me to wear on stage. Yeah. But but this started, and, and it's not to say that fashion and product is not going to become a part of my brand. It mm-hmm. will. And mm-hmm. it's and we're working on that. But guys, what I'm what I'm trying to get you to understand is one of the biggest things that attracted me to the investment in House of Nectar and working with creatives and artists like them is the fact that they had no bad habits. They were literally like, so tell me about your job. Tell me about keynote speeches. Like, tell me everything. I want to know. How does this work? Like mm-hmm. literally they they brought no bad habits to the table. So I am in this evolution of doing things very differently than other right. keynote speakers, which is For what sure I want. <laughs> so, so that's number one, guys. And number two, they talked a lot about, you've heard Icon mentioned, creating iconic brands and coveted sensations in these big, beautiful worlds, words. And we talk about, well, in big, beautiful worlds too, but they're talking about changing the world and shifting culture and wanting to work with brands to do that. One of the first things they asked me, we did this like house of nectar, like a team retreat, right? You guys like breath work. Tell me about Judy as a little girl, like nuts, bananas, like all the things, right? So we're in this, like, we're in this room and we're cracking our wide. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like therapy meets brand strategy. And one of the things, one of the questions, I kid you not. So imagine asking yourself this question, they go, how do you envision, like, how do you see, like, where we're going? And we're going to sneak peek some of this to you guys as we get into the, the the meat of it here in just a minute. Not that this isn't meaty, but they said, how, how are you going to change culture? How? How is this going to shift culture? How are you going to be a part in? And how is this idea? So we'd get an idea, then we'd all look at each other and go, okay, 
well, then how is this going to change culture? And that's the level you're playing at. You are wanting to work with brands and you're attracting to you brands who want to do that, who can do that. So let's maybe go there first because I'm interested to know, because you don't want to work with everybody. Just like Mm -hmm. not everybody's my keynote audience. And I think that's really bold and brave and badass. So maybe you know, what attracted you since everybody listening knows me, like what attracted you to my brand? What made you, cause it's almost guys, I, I liken Sage and Lisa legit. If you know who Rick Rubin is, okay. They are my Rick Rubin and I'm the beastie boys. They are like my music producer and they are producing my next album, which is my next show, my next body of work, my next evolution. Right. And so everything I do creatively, this isn't fucking personal branding. Let's be really clear. This is so much bigger. It is culture shifting. This is icon making stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to work with everybody because not everybody's for you and not everybody can stomach Mm -hmm. the discipline, Mm -hmm. the letting go (laughs) and the the work Mm-hmm. It, it takes, takes, a, it takes to, a very to do something like this. Yes. So it talk to me about that. Like what, what brands are you wanting to attract? So the people listening right now be going like, like I'm, I'm ready. So what are you, what are you looking for? What gets you excited? And I don't even know if that's a question you can answer, but it's interesting to me. And I, I wonder if someone's curious, like, you know, are you, who do you want to work with? Yeah. Before can, yeah, I'll let Sage it. answer, but yeah. first I want to say there's a level that you reach in brand building where we've I mean, Sage said it flat out. I will totally admit to the same thing. It's like, you've already had your ass handed to you. You've done all the things. <laughs> you've made the investments. Oh, They've shit. been learning lessons. You made the bad ones too that have been even bigger lessons, but like you're in it. You've invested it in it. You've done the things. You've tried the things. You've built to a certain level and you're like, oh yeah, I need to do something different. Cause just yeah, like I'm you said, Judy, it's like you're doing different. Different is the path for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think what, I think what's interesting is like when someone's become a master in what they've done, like we love these brands that are at like this seven to 10 year gap where it's like, okay, they've tried, failed, but they put the time in and it takes a certain amount of ambition to be in your field and to become a master in it. And just because you're not like you know, the most well-known brand doesn't mean that you're not a master in your field. Not at all. It just means you haven't met us yet. <laughs> That's what that <laughs> I love that answer. And That's such a good it answer. Just, what we do is we take these people or these brands, and even if we know nothing about the category that they're coming from, because we know nothing about keynote business. I'm living proof right? of this. Yes. I. But it was interesting when we met Judy, a lot of times I don't like to do back research on people because a lot of our process is highly intuitive. So mm. the best thing for us is like we are relationship developers. So we come in with our clients and we sit down with them and we listen to them and feel them from a very organic place. It's like, I don't want to know if Judy was this massive keynote speaker. I just want to know her as a human. And for yeah. me, the best work that we do is getting to know our clients on a human level. This is not about something transactional. This is actually, I am tapping into your energy field and being like, this is, this is what's up. And what was really interesting when we jumped in with Judy was we sat with Judy and she's a keynote speaker, and, but she has a presence. Mm-hmm. There's an energy about Judy that is undeniably meant for something greater. And I can't explain it other than 
it's transformational when you meet her. And it's meant for something magnificently huge. And when you meet her, you feel it. And what was interesting was like, as we started to develop and peel back the layers on Judy, I would call Lisa and be like, for some reason, I'm sitting at preschool drop-off and holla, the word holla keeps dropping into me. First of all, I didn't know that holla was meant to be this brand. I didn't know it. I know Judy's last name was Holler, but I didn't know anything about holla at that time. Second, I'd be like, for some reason, she's supposed to be a rap artist. There's something here about music and rap, Lisa. And I don't know because she says she's a keynote. You heard it first here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But I was like, there's something about music, lyrics, and rapping that is coming through about Mm. Judy. And But this was in the first few weeks that we met Judy. And it was like this human experience where it's like we're tapping to you. Not on a creepy level, but it could be seen as creepy. And it it defies logic. So if you're here and you're fucking logical, I'm telling you, it defies all that shit because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Yeah. it's not our work. So people come to us because they're at a limit. They keep hitting it. They're like, I'm at the wall. I keep hitting it. I keep hitting it. Then they find us. And from that point on, all of everything that we do defies everything that you've ever been taught in this lifetime. And we are here to prove it all wrong and to actually take a human that's sitting in front of us and to say, you have been operating like this, but here is your calling. I think so often when anyone hits a limit, it's because they're out of alignment. Mm -hmm. They can't go any further because they're not Mm -hmm. being true to themselves. So like, how far can you push that? How far can you really grow when it's not inherently within you? We've got to change all of that. We've got to strip you back. We cast our visions. We tap in with our intuition. We really feel things, see things, start developing things. But part of it is that we've got to undo. We've got to unlearn. We have to adjust so many things. And I know we're going to talk about the captain of the ship. Like We've got to adjust the sail so that you are back in alignment and that limit isn't there anymore. And that Mm. is all of the intuitive, the defying logic. And then somehow that transforms into the most highly strategic path you Mm -hmm. could ever want for yourself. Yeah. But it's like without doing the work on the client first Mm -hmm. and developing them and understanding them that it's like, we can't get to the next level. So there's no next level in the way that we operate without saying, okay, first we've got to figure out what's going on inside of you. Then to Mm -hmm. get to the next level, All of that happens in the between here, which I'm talking with my hands and no one's going to be able to see. So just so you know, I I talk with my hands. I love it. Black fingernails. Fingernails look so good. Nothing happens. I love that you're back to the black. I'm back to my OG black, you guys. I've got really long Witchy, witchy. I love it. So it's, yeah, it's kind of witchy, but it's, maybe it is witchy. Good witchy. Good witchy. I'm here for it. Good witch vibes. But you know, we just believe that so much inner work has to be stripped back and we got to get to those true human alignment experiences. And then that's where we discover the captain of the ship, which Judy will line oh, right this up. Is like the, this is the perfect segue. Go ahead, Lisa. I was just going to say, I think this speaks so much to, to this process that we were talking about before is that this takes time. 
Mm-hmm. And we are relational. We are not transactional. Mm-hmm. And we had to put the time in to get to know you. We had to put We've the been working time together since January. Lisa, we met in October of last exactly. year. We had to put the time in to build trust so that we could really see you and that mm-hmm. you would be so gracious to allow us to see you in a way that we could build authentically and genuinely and with this utmost originality. So this is not a rushed process. This is something that takes time. Our values are in relationships, in trust, and building from our best creative strategic brains possible. And again, I just want to reemphasize that's in a long game. That's not something that's like, oh, I need an infinite game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's safety, like creating a safe place where our clients who are like, it's the house of nectar. It's a haven. It's like we, this is a Mm. safe place. And if it's not safe, then we can't do our best work. Yeah. No. So it's initially just creating that environment where our client feels like they can really, truly explore themselves very honestly. Yeah. We have a group text thread. And so I've labeled them the mothership because they are my mothership. I'm like, let me run it by the mothership. I'll call you back. Let me run it by the mothership. Um, But I got to say this because this is going to set us up to, I think, the very first thing we have to discuss as it relates to the tactics of this, which is honing your motherfucking focus. Okay. And I will never forget being at Fashion Square. I was going in to buy my sister a little 40th birthday present. I had to get her a little Louis Vuitton pochette. So I'm driving back and, you know, got my little, and I, you know, I had to get myself a little scarf, you know, early birthday present. Keep in mind, it was like my birthday was in 30 days. So I just did a little shop and I'm feeling high vibe. I got my Starbucks. I go through the like thing. I get my egg white bites and I got my coffee. And then the mothership calls and like, so here's the thing. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I know where you're going. <laughs> they go, they go, don't freak out. We do these, we voice text each other, right? Like, and by the way, how did we, exist without voice text. It saves phone calls. It saves meetings. You can listen when you're convenient. You can save it. It's just the shit. So they go, okay. So, and this is guys kind of newish in the relationship. Again, this was like March, April, like Sage, Lisa, and I officially went into to business with each other, um, in January. So this is newish, right? So 90 days. Um, and they're like, so, um, do not, uh, you know, truly Judy, like, it is what it is, but we need you to like hear us and we're going to ask you to do this for us, but we're going to need you to write a rap. We're going to need you to write rap and we're going to need you to go ahead and put that on social media. We're going to go ahead and get that content out of you and onto paper. And we're going to need you to, to get that to us within the next like 24 hours. So I instantly get a little bit like butterfly nervous, but also like holy shit, super excited because this had slowly started to come out with them. Like they started to get to know me and it's this um, whole other side of my my personality, which, you know, I sort of just kept in this little box and it is what it is. So I immediately pull over and within, I have, and I still to this day, girls have the Starbucks egg white bites wrapper. And I, and I love that it's on a wrapper, but I just started writing lyrics and we are like, we need you to write because we're about to launch speaker school. Wouldn't it be cool if you wrote some speaker school lyrics and to sell it, to get people excited about it, to be playful with it. And I pulled over and I just have this Starbucks like 
wrapper. And I still have it like full of lyrics. And I would just take like the bop from Eminem or maybe a tune from something else or Belba DeVos, you know, the time was 10 o'clock on the conference clock. No time to wait. Got a stage. Can't be late. Hey, we're about to drop some mics. Like whatever I did, I just started writing some shit. And then all of a sudden you guys just call me back, voice me back. And you're like, I'll let you tell the rest of it. I mean, it was like, I think that was the beginning of us going. They're like, because I don't think y'all expected me to come back. Like, let's fucking go. I got some lyrics. Am I on the right track? And and that was kind of the beginning of sort of coming back home to myself and, and this honing of the thing that makes me very different, which is my ability to orate in a really unique way that my love of poetry, my love of Poetry, rap is poetry, y'all. It is free verse. And um, my love of spoken word and being able to use my energy to uh, put a rhythm behind the things I say on stage. And anyway, that was one of the first times I think we had that experience together and it forever changed, I think, the work we're doing now <laughs> because you made me put it on the Instagram and we did it. <laughs> well, and I say that with love. Judy, I think we replied, first of all, with full body chills. We were both crying. Yeah, you did. And I think that represents what happens when you witness someone in like their most genuine, aligned, authentic form. It's like when you see someone operating from this place of their heart and soul that's original, that's unique to them, that gives them freedom that they've been seeking, Mm. it like changes your body. It changes your soul. It is an exchange of energy. There's no denying who that person is or what they've done. It leaves an impression. And it was this point in time where we were like, we like see all these things, you know, we've been working together. We've been uncovering, we've been undoing, we've been immersing, we've been breathworking, we've been strategizing in so many different ways. And yet it was an unveiling of what that freedom and alignment could be next. It was really a shifting moment in the work that we had been doing and realizing what was about to really come to life. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is like our job, a part of our job is to push, is to see where our clients are meant to be and to push them to that edge Mm. in the most loving, Mm. beautiful, gentle manner. But in a way that builds trust, not in a way that's like, I'm going to push you to be like, woo, you know, but like we saw this intuitively, we saw this gift in Judy where Judy was at this time operating in total corporate culture as a keynote speaker Mm -hmm. where we were like, actually, Judy is this linguistic lyrical genius, a performer and a performer, an artist, an artist. and we are going to get her there. We're going to push her there. She's not going to quit her day job, but we're going to do it in a way that Judy can go and fully explore herself and open up avenues and these channels for Judy to truly find what her gift is and align her in that. So there is no denying her when she gets to the huge stages. She made that investment to go and find the right people to open her up to those fields and to allow her to just walk in there and just be who she is. So that's the cool part is like all of those downloads that we were getting in the beginning came full circle. Mm. And in that moment, what Judy didn't see was us strategizing, like 
this is what Judy's calling is. Now it's time for us to go and push her and just start rubbing these edges. Mm -hmm. And when we made that phone call or that voice message to you, Judy, that was like, this is the first start of you taking that step to realize who you're truly meant to become. And then that was the first step of being like, is she ready? Mm. Is she ready? We know she is, but is she ready? And when we asked you for that, and in 15 minutes, you guys, she came back with the dopest lyrical message. We were like dead. Oh, I mean, she was like, oh, okay. So I'm just going to like try this out for you. I just put it together. You know, it was really fast. Really fast. We were like, what (gasps) had just happened? We awakened the beast. Like it was was unleashed. Unleashed. And I want to tie this back because you're asking like who we work with and what this looks like. Judy is one of the most disciplined people you will ever meet Mm -hmm. and willing to take a push in a sacred space and willing to put trust and do the work. And she's willing to do the work and take this feedback, this suggestion, this outside strategy and source that comes, that defies logic. She's willing to take that and use it and work really, really hard to put it into action. And like, that's a huge differentiator for you, Judy. Like that Mm -hmm. takes you to these levels of where you're going, that you have that discipline and that thoroughbred. We talk about it all the time. It's like that racehorse, like, let me out. Like, let me just go do the work. She is in it and she is willing to put in the work to make it happen. And that comes with ambition. Yeah. So much. And a lot of times what our clients have is they have all the ambition. They have everything, but for whatever reason, they're not getting to the next level. And it's like, they come and they find people like Lisa and I at the house of Nectar to take them from where they are and those walls that they keep like bouncing back into and back and forth from. And then we come in and we package them and position them and set them a sale to go and master the next level of where they're going. We just light the fire. Yeah, you do. It's so good. And I think discipline is always the underrated, like OG of business and creating anything and transformation in any way. Like, you know, cause it is an easy work, but it, it is, it is a part of the surrender, right? Like pressure creates diamonds, Diamonds, baby. (laughs) So if you haven't seen my latest keynote, maybe you need to book me because it's fire. So let's talk about that. So that we began with honing my focus and what we realized y'all is that it's always been me. It has always been Hala. It has always been this, this name that I was born with, this energy behind it, this live out loud lifestyle, this Hala hype woman that I have been since high school because I never had it in my household. Right? These are the stories I'm now telling on stage and it's been so beautiful and so powerful and we're going to bring her to life in so many beautiful ways. But for me, it was so emotional in the beginning because I had been for so long. And maybe if you're listening, you can relate to this. Like I had been seeking all of this stuff from the outside to prop me up, to Mm -hmm. validate me, to like, oh, look at me. See, I'm worthy now. I'm ready now. You should hire me because I've got Second City. See, see, look at this is my PhD. I'm worthy. I'm someone. And and, and without that, I, I felt like I was nothing. And how could I stand on a stage and tell my stories? Is that enough? Like, have I been through enough trauma? Like, am I enough itself? Right. And 
what I came to find out through this like unlearning, this healing, this letting go, and this sort of awakening of the beast that has always been inside of me that is that it's always been inside of me. And that was the first thing we did. We woke up booty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Judy booty. I mean, you girls call me booty and that's one of my favorite things because that's like one of my OG nicknames, like like mm-hmm. letting booty out of the house, like waking up that, that holla lifestyle and that holla little girl. And I say to anyone listening, you know, if you are lost right now and you are trying to awaken that version of yourself, Go write a list of all the shit you were doing when you were eight years old. I got this from Queen Irby. It was transformational for me. Like, what were you doing when you were eight? Because when you were eight, the world hadn't got a hold of you yet. You were free to be. You were playing. You were doing. You were creating. You were consuming. Y'all, I think, Sage, you might have an eight-year-old. Same with you, Lisa. Like, when you're eight to 10, like, that is really your soul's work, right? That is who you are. And of course, you're going to evolve. But I look at all the stuff we're creating now, and eight-year-old Judy, like I said to the girls, we I went to Beyonce Thursday night. I was like, y'all, I have never had more fun at work. Like I am like having fun at work again. And that is making me a better artist and a better creator and a cooler person to be around, to be frank. So we honed my focus. I came back home to myself, holla hype, holla way of life. So much more to come on that. Then we sat down and did the work of like, you had this poster board. We met out in my neighborhood and the girls show up with like a legit like guys, it was the best, like a science project. You know, when you were in grade school and you had a science project and they walk into our meeting, our our restaurant, and they have a poster board with post-it notes. It's all vibey and all the little sections of my business. And they're like the number one thing. And I'm going to let you guys take it from here. They're like the number one thing we need to talk to you about is what we believe the captain of your ship is. This is the mothership, your business mothership. And everything sort of stems off this captain. If the captain isn't right, the ship won't sail. The ship will sink. It'll run into other boats. It might get holes in it. It's going to get run down. No one's going to want to work on the ship because it's going to be a hot mess. So you're going to be really hard to work for and work with. So we got to, we got to get her right because once the captain's clean, then we can boom, update the website, boom, go into the podcast, boom, go into newsletter and social media. And it starts to boom, create products it all stems on the captain. So this is a house of nectar thing. And I love that, by the way, the whole, we've said sailing like a thousand times throughout this. And one of the songs I play in my new keynote that we actually wrote, they wrote that. I mean, I created the talk, but I did not create that talk without House of Nectar. So we sat down and we built that talk. And one of the songs I play in my talk is we talk about flow and the power of flow being a beat that has been um, a big part of my life. I play Christopher Cross's Sailing. And every time I play that song, I definitely think like, I'm sailing. Like finally for the first time in a decade, no disrespect to where I've been. Fuck, that thing got me ready for discomfort and improv trained me in all the things I need to be able to do this now. And I'm not going to be a starving artist because I've built a a platform and a a branch for myself. I understand entrepreneurship so I can take my artistry in a smart way. But y'all really said, we got to figure out what the captain of the ship is. What does that mean to the person listening so that they can think about like, okay, what does that mean? What's the captain of my ship? I do 10 things like me. I do all the things. I I don't want it. Like, what's the captain of my ship? Am I a podcaster? Am I an author? Am I a speaker? Am I a writer? Am I a rapper? Am I a poet? Like, what am I like? But, or is it, what is, what is the thing, right? So let's talk about how you determine what the captain, is it a revenue generating thing? Is it a creative thing? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Do you want me to start? 
Um, this is a juicy I, one. This I, is a main one. I actually have so many directions. I have like 20 things to say yeah. right now. So I'm trying to figure out what to say. I want to preface this by saying this has a lot to do with identity. This has a Ooh. lot to do with alignment. This yes. has a lot to do with how that brand karmic circle works and what all the pieces of that circle are and the flow and the heartbeat and the soul. But here's the thing. You cannot get to this point without making sacrifices. Oh, and I know a lot word. of people don't want to sacrifice. Sage Huge word. Killing the darlings. Mm-hmm. You've killing got the a darlings. Lot of darlings to kill mm-hmm. to be able to even be in a place where you can determine what the captain of that ship needs to be. So you've got to be willing to say, you've got to be at the point in your business where you're like, I am ready to just talk to my people. Mm-hmm. I am not mm-hmm. willing to live in scarcity any longer and be like, well, I'm, what if I lose this opportunity? Or what if I don't talk to that person? Or what if it's this? Or what if it's that? You've got to be like, I'm honed. I'm focused. I'm only going to talk to my people. And I got to be willing to kill all the darlings that don't actually live in that tunnel vision. And it took us about four months to get to the place where we were like, all right, Judy, we're going to start killing the darlings. Mm -hmm. And now Judy has a lot of revenue. So like, you have to understand like Judy has a relatively large business and she's got a lot of revenue streams. So we had to go in there and be like, who is actually the head of the ship? What part of her businesses are the ones that navigate all of it forward. That move it all forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Judy wanted to do a lot of things, which is normal. A lot of people want to do a lot of things. But when you start looking at all those things on a strategy map, when you're architecturally building the foundation of your boat and deciding who the captain is, there's a lot of things that you're like, whoa, this is weighing us down. Whoa, Mm -hmm. this is going to sink the ship. So in order to get there, you got to lay everything out on a map. And once we started to do that, we realized that actually Judy's captain of her ship is the keynote. We initially thought that we could operate the corporate keynote in a silo where we're like, her artistry can just, it doesn't have to live. It can live somewhere else. It can live somewhere else. Yeah. But then we started to map out her brand and we were like, actually, Judy, if your artistry isn't one with your keynote, everything else will sink and die. It's not going to work. And this sounds very yeah. dramatic, but if you yeah. continue on doing what you're doing, Titanic. you're never, you're going to be <laughs> the Titanic. Titan. I'm you on the fucking Titanic. Yeah. And you be, will go under, it'll be very dramatic. And you'll never, and not even that, but you'll just never become who you're meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So once How we decided sad. that your performance and artistry actually could live in the keynote world, in the corporate keynote world, we just had to figure out how to do it in a way that could live in that arena and grow in that arena. And that required us killing the past darlings of what you have highly invested in, Judy, which was your website and all these three keynotes that she got on stage and has built a seven-figure business out of. So you have to get to that place where you're like, I'm willing to burn it all so I can get oh. to the next level. And Judy was yeah. like, let's burn it. Give, and me, let's the, like, give me the lighter. It. Yeah. And give me the lighter. That takes an extra special determination, courage, trust, and ability to be like, what I've been doing is actually hindering me and it's dead weight. And like to trap, to kill it, cut it, burn it, get rid of it, move on and see 
how you're going to get there and the sacrifice it's going to take to get there is really, really difficult. And I commend Judy because initially it doesn't always come with a ton of success. It comes with a lot of sacrifice and also being like, I'm going to pause. I'm going to come back in like a year stronger than I've ever been. And that's what it takes. It's going to take about a year to really redevelop yourself. I mean, we've done it in about six months here, but really to be where we're like fully operating, I'd say we'll be there in like January to February. And one thing that I want to reflect too, is that Judy was at this point where she even came to us and was like, I can't even, you know, someone came to me for balanced by design, one of her keynotes. Right. And she's like, I can't even be in that place anymore because that's no longer me. She has the taste of alignment. She has the Mm -hmm. taste of what words and her artistry does to her freedom. And it's like, there's no going back. Like, you know what it is now to be here and you can't see or fathom any other way where you're like, I, I have to actually also sacrifice that and steer them on my ship. Like everyone's coming along now on this same journey with me because that's what the transformation does. It really takes you from that place to a new place where you are operating in your highest energy, Mm -hmm. in your greatest flow, and nothing else matters. Like there's not the competition anymore. There's the self-doubt fades because you feel so back to home in yourself and what you're doing in your own originality. You're not trying to create creativity. You're not trying to hop on trends. You're not trying to figure out how someone else does it. You've unlocked those answers for yourself. And just witnessing you going through that process is so impactful. It's the best. Yeah. This is why, you know, it's, it is such a magical investment because when you find the right yeah, I consider you two artists as well, right? I feel like I'm working with other artists and that ups my game as well because, you know, this is not a transactional experience. And I'm so happy you said that because it's going to require sacrifice and surrender and killing darlings. And, you know, it takes a lot of, takes a lot of balls to say, hey, this thing I've been doing for 10 years that has gotten me here it ain't me anymore. And I just can't. And so I think we have to tell the fam about, so y'all, we go and we write this talk. Okay. And I didn't do it the traditional way. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not going to my old speech writers. I'm not going to like, and you guys even felt me like, Hey guys, we got to get out the spreadsheet. And I'm like, let's put it in there. And you guys were just so gentle with me. Like, so hold on, let's just peel it back. Pollard. Let's just peel it back. Let's just use our intuition. Like, at this point, guys, we had done the work. We were so clear on, like, we had honed our focus. We knew our audience. We knew our person. We knew our woman. We had killed our darlings. And now we had to build the talk because the talk was going to be the mothership. The keynote business is my mothership. It is the the captain of my ship. And so we build this talk. I don't even know if I've named her yet. I don't even know if she needs a name. She may remain nameless. And I don't even know. We're going to do my website so differently. But the moral of the story is I put this talk on stage that is mixtapes and records and music and movement and storytelling and custom poetry. Like I'm writing these brand anthems, stories about my mom and myself and my holla hypes and my youth. Like it is the most me talk. So we poster board, guys, let me just give you perspective here. Poster board at a lunch 
Well, it's like a, we like spent the whole fucking day there, but like we like cracked this thing open and you're like, Judy, you have like, everything kind of depends on this like captain right now, which for me in my business, for you, it may be something different. It may be your line, your product, whatever. But for me, it was like, yeah, they're like, yo, in two weeks, you are going to be in front of 7,000 people at Avon and they need this work. Like this is the audit. Like this is it. This is it. Like we got it. We need this talk in two weeks. (laughs) So pressure creates diamonds, which ironically is a record we spin on stage. And of course, you know, Rihanna makes an appearance, you know, and it's a whole vibe, right? And I go to the lab, write the talk. We sit in, I don't know how many rehearsals, at least three rehearsals. They like, I perform the talk, perform the talk, refine the talk, perform the talk. Okay. Then we get the talk. They're like, good, go get them. So then I spend a week in rehearsals. I mean, I don't know how I, t- I spent literally eight days memorizing this talk because there's custom spoken word. You know, I didn't memorize the talk, but I had to memorize my open and my clothes, right? Because that's custom brand anthems and poetry's way cooler when memorized, right? So we get there. I deliver this talk to 7,000 women. And it was the first time in my life I've gotten not one, but three standing ovations. I'm in the middle of a fucking flow up on stage. I'm like, I wasn't brought here to teach you systems or strategy or teach you the un, you know, super secret solution to uncovering the alchemy of business today. And like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm in flow. People are like standing up and giving me standing ovations. I'm like, I'm not done yet. Keep going. Like, let me keep going. But like, I'm like, but the whole time on stage, I'm going, it's fucking working. It's fucking working. Oh my God, it's working. So I have to like calm myself down. And then we go into the records and we start playing Rihanna and, you know, hip hop array by naughty by nature and all this fun stuff. And people are standing up on their seats. I do this like dope moment where, you know, Eminem comes on and people stand up and, you know, you got to hire me to get the full scoop on this talk, baby. Uh, But it was emotional and tears and people were on their feet, standing ovations for that moment. And then I got the final standing ovation. Never in my life, I call the girls, I'm shaking and I'm like, I slept from 7 p.m. that night to 7 a.m. the next day. Like literally it worked. And then I said, okay, girls, now five days later, we've got the same talk, a thousand people corporate. So that was 7,000 women. I had them. Like, I'm like, this is the audience. This is, this, that's my audience. Like we're arenas. This is, that is the audience, a woman's audience, direct selling, entrepreneurs, anything like that's my audience. But I also, five days later, had an insurance audience. Okay, guys. So mothership, creating, bringing people from the outside, house of nectar. How are you shifting culture? How are you using your gifts? So we do it in corporate, thousand people, 60% men, 40% women crushed, standing ovation, tears, call your shots, M&Ms playing. The CEO comes up to me with tears in my eyes. He's like, how do we get the poetry you created and hang it in our office because their symbol was a cheetah. So I wrote all about a cheetah and what it meant to be a cheetah and how we lick our paws with like delight, a belly full of pride because courage and discomfort is is how we change the game. Like I started writing all this dope stuff and he's like, how do I get that on the walls? And I'm like, yo, we got to talk. We got a talk. And so we had to have her because now Sage Lisa and I know how to write for the website, how to build it, how to reframe things, how to realign, where to start taking social media, how to start, you know, having different conversations with you here and what, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, yes, and likely going away, y'all, you know? So it's not that improv is not going to be a part of the conversations that shaped my life, but I felt like it was important to share the story with the fam because a lot of people haven't seen my talks in a while. So 
it's time to bring me back in. And if you are sitting here looking, if you have been in business for seven to 10 years and you're hitting that wall, this is why the investment in a house of nectar and, and other artists from the outside are, are, I don't even know a word that's big enough to describe what happened in, with Avon, what happened with in the insurance company, because it was proof to me that it's working and I am enough. Mm -hmm. I am enough. Mm -hmm. It has always been inside of me and I am an artist and I am a performer mm -hmm. and I can shift energy in rooms. And I think these days corporate is fucking tired. They're sick of it being fake. They want real talk and they need the love. They need the reminder uh, for themselves that they can remix their life, their career at any fucking time they want. And, and that is an exciting place to be. And y'all, y'all help me get there. So guys, I mean, <laughs> it's been big. It's been big. It's been big. And it's been as equally heart touching, like for us in terms of here, like Judy is our first client together. Lisa and I have just partnered together. We're just launching the house. And like, this is proven that the mutual trust to people yeah. you should build unconventionally. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't go to the person that's necessarily just in your field to be like, oh, they'll help me write it just the way everyone else writes it. Look, there's no script on finding your alignment and starting to operate from your place of like mastery. There's no script on that. We can't cookie cut what we did for Judy. But what we can promise is that it's a human experience that when we come in and we work with you, whether you're in real estate or fashion or whatever it is, it's, it's not about the transaction. And it's not something that we can cookie cut and say, this is our stamp. And like, this is how we're going to do it with you. It's like, no, we'll, we'll get to know you. And I think that's what makes us so unique and so interesting is that we don't work in proposals. We work with people. We work with relationships. Yeah. We, work, we work with your heart. We work with your soul. We, we see what's within you. We know how to take you there. And it defies all of the rules and the logic. But what it does, it sets people like Judy on fire. And it's powerful and it's transformational. And there's nothing like it. So yeah, I mean, it's just a really, it's, we feel fortunate that we get to work with like the Judy's of the world and not everyone gets to do that and gets to see this. And it's like, there's nothing that sets you more on fire. I'm like, if I could just work on my job 24 hours a day, which is really sad because I've got a family and I love them just <laughs> as much as I love Judy and our work, but I'm like, it's so soul fulfilling. I can't even yeah. explain it because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, because we are working from a really heart-centered place where it's like there's no more transactional shit for us. It's like, let's just get to know you and let's just make you the next best version. It's a magic. Yeah, I think believing that unconventional ways can work for you is when mastery of identity and your story and strategy can really come about. And I was just telling Sage this morning, I'm like, okay, I'm really into words and like the meaning of words. And we love story and like just the like back nature of things. We're always doing research on things. And I was like, oh, to believe in something is actually to take an action, to stand for something, to move in that place of belief. And 
this belief that like you have an identity and you have a story and like you can create strategy from it is what's really going to move you forward and embrace the unconventional. Embrace the unconventional. And listen, if you run around the halls of this podcast, you get down with that because we love the unconventional. We love walking on the edge. We don't like doing things the way everybody else is doing them because that's the way everybody else is doing them. And you know what we do to the box? We fucking blow up the box, baby. And that is where we are going, right? That is the hollow way of life. And really, truly, we're too busy hustling to be hating. We are out here making magic happen. Holla lifestyle. So guys, part two of this episode is going to blow your mind, especially if you are thinking about speaker school. We open doors September 25th, baby, and it's popping off. We've got so many incredible testimonials. We've got soul cycle instructors, anthropology stylists, former CMOs from Harley Davidson, a senior vice president with the Boston Red Sox. I mean, we've got a DJ out in LA. I mean, people are doing insane shit on the other side of speaker school, y'all. And this is just the beginning. We are referring leads to each other. We're getting people booked. Like this is just the beginning. So link in the show notes to get yourself on the wait list. Holler at your girls. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. But I want to do a two-parter with Lisa and Sage because what we're going to talk about next will be a little sneaky snack. And we're going to talk about, and if you want to be a speaker or if you have a business and you know speaking on stage will amplify that business, move that business, business, grow that business, sell your product, build your list, amplify your following. If that's why you're coming into speaker school, you need to understand these three nectar principles, right? These three anthems, sort of strategies and techniques they swear by to really turn brands into coveted sensations. So if that sounds good to you, we'll see you right here next week. But for now, Sage and Lisa, this has been so dope. I can't wait for the next part of this conversation. Let's go. Let's go. Thanks, Judy.